This is the Hungarian Politics Podcast for June 16th, 2016. It's great to have you with us today. I'm Steve Nelson, and what you're hearing right now is the Tani Tanek movement protesting in Budapest on June 11th. We'll get a report from that event later in the program and talk to one of the leading figures in the opposition MSP party who was at the event. But first, there was a by-election in the town of Dunaújváros on June 5th for a seat on the local town council. The representative who held that seat, Roland Gall of Fides, resigned his seat after being suspected in a murder case. The seat was retained by the Fides candidate, Frugina Lassingleitner, beating out the Jobbik candidate and three candidates from the left-wing opposition. It was noted in the media that if the three candidates had run a joint candidate, their combined votes would have won the election. I wanted to get some perspective on this election, and I was lucky enough to reach one of the giants of Hungarian politics over the past 25 years, Lajos Bokros, to talk with me about it. If you're not familiar with him, Lajos Bokros was finance minister in 1995 under Prime Minister Horn when he introduced a group of measures that were designed to stabilize the Hungarian economy. At the time, the general public for the most part did not appreciate the austerity measures temporarily introduced by the so-called Bokros package, but after the passage of many years, many Hungarians now see that these measures were necessary to give the Hungarian economy a strong foundation for future growth. In 2009, Bokros served as a European parliamentarian for the Hungarian Democratic Forum Party, and later formed his own party, the Movement for a Modern Hungary, in 2013. He also ran for Lord Mayor of Budapest in 2014. In addition to his thoughts on the recent by-election, I also asked him about his past and present activities in Hungarian politics. And now I'd like to welcome to the podcast, Lajos Bokros. Mr. Bokros, it's great to have you as our guest today. Thank you very much. I want to ask you about the recent by-election in Dunui Varosh, but first I'd like to ask you a few other things. Go ahead. You are strongly associated with a group of measures that were implemented in 1995 when you were finance minister under the Horn government, known as the Bokros package. These measures were disliked by the public at the time, but what impact did they have on Hungary in the long term, and how are they viewed today? It was an interesting package even at that time, and I would not say that everybody disliked that. Many people surprisingly understood uh, why it was happening, especially because at that time the country was on the verge of fiscal collapse. So the choice was not having austerity on the one hand or not having austerity on the other, but rather to implement something very quickly together with structural reforms so that we can avoid bankruptcy or uh, we could have uh, alternatively a fiscal collapse. 
So I think it is important uh, to put it into perspective. And um, interestingly, the uh, stabilization program, as I prefer to call it, was very successful even from uh, the very beginning because uh, despite uh, some really very tough austerity measures, uh, the economy never went into recession, but we started very quickly very high-level sustainable economic growth, which was fueled by productive investments and led by exports. Uh, it lasted until 2001. Uh, during that uh, five years, we reached uh, sometimes uh, 4 and 5% uh, economic growth uh, per year. And as a consequence, the public debt went down from 90% of GDP to 54% in five short years. So I would say that the package was very successful. After you left the government in 1996, you went to work at the World Bank for several years. And then you came back to Hungarian politics to become a European parliamentarian in 2009. Why did you decide to return to Hungarian politics? Uh, in 2008, the country was facing again fiscal collapse. Uh, it is important to remember that uh, one month after Lehman Brothers ceased to exist, Hungary was obliged to go to the IMF and the European Commission cap in hand and received a 20 billion euro bailout package. So unfortunately, uh, the previous eight years uh, was very bad in the sense that uh, consecutive governments uh, restarted fiscal uh, profligacy and uh, pushed the country once again to uh, the uh, verge of bankruptcy. In 2009, the Hungarian Democratic Forum asked me to serve as a member of uh, European Parliament on their behalf. And I accepted that because uh, I'm a very pro-European and I felt it was important to help the country to, to, to find uh, once again a sustainable path of uh, development. But uh, my decision to re-enter Hungarian politics, as you asked, was made uh, a little bit later when uh, uh, the Fidesz government uh, gained power and two-third majority in 2010, and they started to destroy the rule of law, democracy, and as a consequence now, today, uh, the big question Hungary, in Hungary is not that you have a better or worse, uh, but still democratic government, but today the fight is against uh, dictatorship, and the program is how to restore democracy and the rule of law. In 2013, you founded a party, the Movement for a Modern Hungary, also known as MoMA in Hungarian. Was this party a reaction to what you were seeing in current Hungarian politics? Yes, uh, I think uh, now we have a wholly different uh, uh, ball game here in Central and Eastern Europe. It's uh, not only just Hungary, but recently even Poland where uh, nationalist populist uh, forces uh, try to dis destroy uh, democracy and the rule of law. So uh, it's uh, very dissimilar to what we used to have uh, 20 years ago 
when we felt that uh, a dictatorial regime could never return to Central and Eastern Europe. Mm. We are back in square one, in a sense, and uh, we have to fight against for the basics of uh, a normal Western-orientated uh, market economy on the one hand, uh, but also, more importantly, uh, for a full-fledged uh, uh, democracy which will uh, adhere to the cherished uh, Western and European values of uh, rule of law and human rights. What does your party, MoMA, stand for, and how is it different from some of the other opposition parties in Hungary? As I say, it is uh, an important party which stands for democracy and wants to get rid of this uh, dictatorial regime which uh, suppressed uh, the rule of law and uh, also press freedom and also curtailed uh, uh, human rights to a large extent and uh, last but not least uh, its uh, uh, operation and economic policies detrimental uh, to the future of Hungary. But it is more important, uh, the second part of your question, uh, what is exactly the difference between uh, uh, our party and the other parties. And it is very simple. Uh, all the other parties are left-wing uh, parties, and many of them are quite similar to uh, Fidesz, which can be also characterized as a neo-communist party when it comes to economic policy, at least, because it's a party which uh, doesn't like uh, democracy, but even more so, it doesn't like capitalism, market freedom, uh, open economy, open trade, uh, the European uh, integration, uh, uh, foreign investors. It wants to nationalize uh, uh, domestic sectors. It imposed uh, punitive taxes on a large number of sectors uh, in the Hungarian economy. Uh, and it uh, tries to implement uh, kind of an unorthodox uh, economic policy, which is absolutely unstable, unpredictable, and unprofessional from our perspective. So our party is a truly uh, center-right, uh, conservative, and liberal party uh, in the European sense uh, of the word. And this is the only party which is uh, considering itself uh, uh, as a European-fashioned uh, uh, a liberal conservative party. All the other parties in opposition are left-wing parties, and many of them are populist as well. As you know, there was a by-election in the town of Duna Uivaros recently, in which the Fidesz candidate won against a fractured left-wing opposition. Does this election mean anything in larger terms, and is there anything that the opposition can learn from it? It's difficult to say whether it shows any trend uh, which would be significant for the future. So I cannot answer that part of the question, but it is uh, highly significant in the sense that it was a, a symbolic uh, fight uh, between the forces of uh, democracy and uh, dictatorship. And unfortunately, uh, the leftist uh, parties were unable to agree on a, a joint candidate, and that's why they lost the election. Uh, and it is very annoying because if... Uh, uh, the uh, so-called democratic parties cannot agree on a joint candidate, then, uh, of course, uh, uh, Fidesz can easily win. Mm. And that's uh, exactly the reason why, uh, uh, after uh, introducing a new basic law, a new constitution in 2011, 
Uh, Fidesz also changed the electoral system, so it is no longer a, a, a two-round uh, proportionate uh, uh, voting system, but it's a first-past-the-post uh, system uh, where uh, uh, the uh, relative uh, majority is enough, and Fidesz makes every effort to dismember and isolate and disintegrate the opposition so that it can win. If the leftist parties do not understand that this is exactly what Fidesz wants and they are unable to join forces in order to win elections, uh, then they show that they are not truly democratic parties uh, because uh, they are more content uh, uh, with the present system than uh, 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 defeating Fidesz. And that's uh, the, the significance of the Dunoivarus by-election. I watched you on the ATV Start program on the day after the election, and you made a comment that it's in certain members of the opposition's interest to not win. Could you expand on that comment a little bit? It was a general statement, and I can easily repeat that. Look, uh, those who are not able to put their own uh, personal interest uh, behind uh, uh, the much more important uh, interest of the whole country show that uh, uh, they are content with uh, what we have today and uh, they don't fight uh, really for uh, democracy. And it uh, uh, shows also uh, that they might be more interested in uh, keeping the status quo rather than defeating Fidesz. So the disintegration and the internal fight of the left-wing parties uh, really raises the, gives rise to the question what is uh, their interest and what uh, they are standing for and what they represent. Everybody knows and everybody demands in this country right now that if we want to restore democracy, we have to be open to uh, an alliance, a very, very broad and uh, wide uh, so-called democratic uh, opposition alliance uh, uh, so that we can uh, uh, win uh, the next election and uh, defeat uh, Fidesz. Otherwise, uh, Fidesz can easily win because it's a first-past-the-post system and uh, as a consequence, they can easily uh, destroy the unity of the opposition. Okay, but what about from the point of view of someone in the Socialist Party? Isn't it understandable that they would not want to, say, work with Fedenz Durchan, who left the Socialists to form his own party? Yeah, but this is, this is personal politics, which uh, mm-hmm. should not be overtaking uh, 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 the uh, uh, the election. Uh, this is uh, uh, just some uh, personal animosities and hatred uh, among uh, different leaders of the uh, left-wing uh, opposition. Uh, Ferenc Yurchan uh, was not a successful uh, prime minister. I was the first one actually in this country who said as early as in 2004 that his economic policies would... Uh, uh, bring uh, the country once again uh, to the verge of bankruptcy. I'm not saying he was a successful politician at all, but uh, when it comes to the uh, more important historical question whether we can restore democracy, I think all opposition forces uh, uh, should put aside their personal animosities and join forces, because otherwise there is no way to defeat Fidesz. So uh, I think uh, we need a much broader uh, coalition including, of course, uh, all party and every party which uh, not only preaches uh, democracy, but feels that uh, this is the only way for the country to be restored. 
You ran for Lord Mayor of Budapest in 2014, and you came in a very strong second behind the incumbent, Istvan Tarlos. Do you plan to run for mayor again? I don't exclude that, although our immediate uh, objective is to run in the next uh, uh, parliamentary elections, which comes uh, one year earlier than the local government elections. So uh, the objective of uh, my party, uh, the movement for a modern Hungary, is that we participate in the upcoming parliamentary elections in 2018, and uh, we get into the parliament, hopefully together with other uh, democratic uh, forces, and then we will see uh, whether the next step uh, should be the uh, position of mayor in Budapest or something else. Do you have a prediction as to what will happen in the 2018 elections? No, I don't. Uh, I'm not uh, very active in the business of uh, making uh, futuristic uh, forecasts. <laughs> be good I, only feel, uh, I only feel that uh, it is uh, the patriotic duty of all Democrats uh, in this country to join forces and stand up uh, against uh, uh, the uh, uh, political and cultural alliance of uh, Fidesz and Jobbik, because these parties are uh, acting in concert and uh, their interest is to destroy the remaining parts of uh, democracy and even to pull uh, the country out of uh, the European integration. Mr. Bokersh, what is the best way for people to follow your work? There are three ways uh, for them to follow my work. Uh, one is, uh, and probably the most important these days, is uh, through the Internet. Uh, our party has uh, a website and has uh, Facebook uh, pages, and uh, we have uh, uh, a very large uh, number of people who follow us uh, regularly. And uh, uh, when there is no press freedom in a country, uh, it is the, probably the best way to reach people. The second best uh, way is uh, trying to uh, meet people personally. Uh, that's why we go very often uh, to uh, the countryside and also to the streets, and uh, we are uh, uh, approachable by people. Uh, we talk to them, we distribute our leaflets and programs, and that is what I did uh, yesterday in Eger, and we'll do tomorrow in Seged. And the third important point is, of course, uh, to try to get into those uh, very few electronic media outlets which are still open to us. As a consequence, uh, sometimes I can uh, make an interview with Club Radio, the single important radio station which is available and open to us, and then RTV, as you mentioned, the single open television channel open to us. Lajos Bokros is a former Minister of Finance, former member of the European Parliament, and the current President of the Movement for a Modern Hungary, or MoMA. Mr. Bokros, thank you for being on the podcast today. Thank you very much for having me. Tani Tanek, 
which means I would like to teach in Hungarian, was started by educators and their sympathizers to promote changes in the Hungarian educational system. They decided to hold protests in Budapest and other cities in Hungary to bring awareness to their cause. In Budapest, they marched across the Elizabeth Bridge in Pest over to Buda and handed out symbolic report cards to the government. Before the march started, I managed to catch up with Gyula Molnar of the Hungarian Socialist Party, or MSP. Molnar is a former mayor of District 11 in Budapest and is now running to be the next leader of that party. He was nice enough to spend a few moments with me just before the march began to give me his thoughts on education and what the MSP should do in this matter. Molnar preferred that we do the interview in Hungarian. So why did you come here to the Tani Tanek protest? Well, I think that education is the most important issue in Hungary, and it shows the nature of this ruling power the best in that it is under centralized control and everything is taken away from the local municipalities and he himself tries to guide and direct it and standardize its content. Variations are not allowed for. He believes that everything must be formed in its own image. So I think that we have to be united here. Five, ten, fifteen, twenty years from now, we definitely don't want children that grew up in this educational system to be the voting population here. So this is a really important question, and every serious political force. The problem is that it's only during election campaigns that they always say they're going to put as much money as possible into education, and then when they get into power, they always forget about it. But now I want for us not to forget about it. So the MSP, as the largest opposition party, cannot lock itself up in its own cell, and I believe it is very important that the civil organizations understand that they can bring up issues, they can move masses of people, acquire support in society, and we as political parties can contribute the technical tools of power. We can do things that will ultimately bring down the ruling power. What concrete steps should MSP take in this matter? I think that there's real significance to creating pressure from the street. Take the one issue of the Sunday store closing law, which has already been rescinded. I believe the most important thing is that the teachers have to keep going with this. I don't think that a single civil organization should sit down to negotiate with the government at the round table. I believe that societal pressure is necessary, and for us, political parties, what we have to do is support proposals for alternative solutions. But we have to understand that there won't be a choice. While the government has a two-thirds parliamentary majority in Hungary, and there's no chance of a realistic change. What will change in the party if you're elected as the next leader of MSP? I believe that we have to make government institutions a little stronger, but we should forget about this for now as people aren't really interested in it. We don't have too much time for that. I think that there needs to be a sharp change in our actions, much clearer communication. We have to try to say what we want in a much better way, and we have to be able to state that Viktor Orban has a right-wing alternative that is a dead end for Hungary. And we have to create a democratic alternative from this standpoint, whether negotiation, agreement, unity, cooperation, whatever word you want to use for it. But these forces have to be united under a single flag. This is my political objective.
And that's the show for the week. Thanks so much to both Lyosh Bokrosh and Dula Molnar for appearing on this episode. You can follow Lyosh Bokrosh on Twitter at Lyosh Bokrosh. Dula Molnar's Twitter is G-Y-G-Y-U-L-A, but he doesn't seem to post on it very often. And of course, I'm on Twitter too, at Nelson Stephen D. If you have any feedback for us about the show, send an email to info at hungarianpolitics.com or use the Contact Us form on hungarianpolitics.com if you like. And if you like the show, please give us a review on iTunes. That'll help get the word out about this podcast. You know, we've had several guests from opposition parties on the show recently. If anyone notable from the other side of the political spectrum wants to be on the show, let me know. We'll get you on. This show is produced by me, Steve Nelson. Our music is Retro Future Clean by Kevin McLeod from Incompetech.com and is licensed under a Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license. Thanks so much for downloading and listening to the show, and check in with us again next week at the Hungarian Politics Podcast. <laughs>